This podcast is brought to you by Hodgepodge Productions. Enjoy and frown this. Hey, this is Cole Jones, and you're listening to the Hodgepodge Podcast. This is Richard Schroeder, and you're listening to the Hodgepodge Podcast. Hey, it's Derek Norsworthy, and you're listening to the Hodgepodge Podcast. Hello, everyone. It is Mur from Jokers. I'm here in my hotel room. There's my blankie. These things are not important. Here's what is. You've made a choice to listen to the HodgePodge podcast. Not a bad choice, my friend. You are making good decisions in life. Subscribe now and anywhere that podcasts are available. Bye. I'm going to go back to cuddling from a blankie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's HodgePodge time. All right. Thank you for listening to the HodgePodge podcast. This is episode... Uh, 139. We got Brandon Bing on today. Brandon Bing, uh, he has a new single called Sunday Funday, which is out now. Uh, he's from Florida. He moved to Nashville. Um, Hoss Nation. You're going to hear what all Hoss Nation is about. He's got an upcoming EP, and you're going to hear the story about how he got invited to the CMT Awards um, and to attend CMT activities, etc., etc. You're also going to hear he's got his own brand coming out, including liquor and T-shirts and hats, etc., etc., it's a cool chat today with my boy, my friend, Brandon Bing. Let's go over right over to Brandon Bing. Uh, I'm, just gonna, I'm just hopping in the truck right here. All right. So we're here. Um, podcast 139, the HodgePodge podcast. I got my boy, my friend, Brandon Bing on. What's going on, dude? How's it going, buddy? So... My first thing when I seen Brandon Bing, I was like, does he have somebody in his family named Chandler? <laughs> yep, yeah, good old friends, you know that. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so let's just jump right into this because um, I'm actually I'm actually good right now, but I have a podcast here in, a, in an hour. So you got a new single out, dude. It's called Sunday Funday. Um, what is that about? Where did the inspiration for that song come from? Yeah, um, so basically, you know, for me, um, you know, I, I'm, you know, as a Florida boy, you know, I grew up here, right. and, uh, you know, I wanted to, uh, my first song, you know, I was wanting to come up with something that was going to be something that could relate to all my friends and, and family and just, you know, just where I come from, and uh, the biggest thing, the biggest inspiration for it was, you know, when it's, when it's sunny and stuff like that on the weekends and things like that, you know, we all... We all get together and uh, we have this place out here uh, in my hometown um, right. called Disappearing Island. And uh, people take the boats or they go out to Lemon Bluff and they go out there on the rope swings and everybody just hangs out and, you know, they barbecue and, you know, drinking. It's probably just kind of unwind after the whole week. Um, and it's kind of like that little, I don't know, it's just like that little mental reprieve before you, uh, you know, get back into to the work week again. And it's um, just something that everybody always looks forward to because it's so funny. And, and hot down here, you know, most of the year. And uh, it's just good company, good conversation, and good memories that everybody gets to make. And that was really what I wanted to convey. I wanted to, like, to, to get people, when they're listening to that record, I wanted them to feel, um, you know, that experience. I wanted them to feel like it doesn't matter if you're in Florida, it right. doesn't matter if you're in California, Texas. You know, anywhere you got a, a lake pond, a river, or, or a beach, you know, you can have a Sunday fun day. Right. And it's just... It's just a fun time, man. I mean, that's really all there is to it. You know what I'm saying? So, Florida. What part of Florida were you grew, did you grow up in? Um, I actually grew up in a, in a, in a small town called uh, Longwood, 
outside of Seminole County. Okay. Uh, and I went to school, you know, down there. And then uh, after I, you know, finished uh, my high school and, and uh, college education, I moved uh, up to Volusia County, which is where I'm... Well, hang on. We're having some kind of uh, technical difficulties here with Brandon, so let's see if we can get him back on. Let's see real quick. Just dropped his call. I don't know if it was on his end or what. So it's uh. Hey, dude. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. We just dropped calls. Um. So, anyways. Yeah, so like you called back in. I can say it again. What you need me to say? Uh, no, dude. Just um, what type of Florida did you go up in? Oh yeah. So uh, where did I leave off? Uh, I got the name of the town. Okay, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, like I said, I grew up in, um, I grew up in Longwood, which is outside of Seminole County, and, um, that was over there by the Wakata State, uh, Forest, and then, uh, from there, after I finished school, then, uh, you know, I moved up to Volusia County, I live in a small town, uh, it's called, uh, Sam Sula slash, like, Port Orange, and it's, uh, just outside of New Smyrna and, uh, Daytona, so about, like, 15, 20 minutes from the beach, and it's kind of like, uh, in the rural side, I live in the forest on the, on the west side of it, so it's a uh, real laid back. Just uh, good people and a uh, good town. So, at what age um, did you move from Florida to Nashville? So actually, that's, um, that all took place here uh, in this last year. I mean, I'm 31 now. Okay. So, uh, it, uh, yeah, so um, it was just basically, you know, having the opportunity to... Uh, you know, chase a you know chase a long term lifetime dream of mine, and uh, you know, country music. You know, I've always been inspired by music. Right. Uh, my whole life, uh, my dad used to work in the record industry, um, and then uh, from there, um, you know, I just wanted to have an opportunity to chase that dream, and and when I made them, uh, you know, uh, picked it up there. And, and see what Nashville was all about. You know, I fell in love with it, and it kind of just became a second home to me. And now I've had a chance to, uh, you know, build a good time with, uh, you know, a lot of good friends and stuff like that that are great songwriters. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it made me realize that if I'm going to really do this thing like I, like I want, um, I need to be up here. I need to be up here part-time throughout the year. So when you're not in Nashville, you are... Um Back in Florida. Yeah, you're in Florida. What are you doing um, in Florida? Um, like, what, what kind of job do you work besides that? Yeah, so um, when I'm down there in Florida, um, a buddy of mine, uh, Steve and I, you know, we have a uh, right. We have a solar company down here called uh, All American Solar. Right. And um, it's it's real cool, man, because uh, you know, we got a chance to uh, to the, the the solar industry. That was probably one of the Furthest things that I ever imagined, you know, coming out of out of college from a guy that was like with a finance background, but um, but yeah, I went into that and I met him after we had gotten out of college, and we've been doing it for the last nine years, and we've had the opportunity to uh, to to grow, you know, our business from the ground up, right. and um, have a huge presence, and then you know that's just it's kind of cool because I never would have you know fathomed that. Solar and, and country music kind of go hand in hand. It sounds really weird to say it, but um, yep. a lot of my customers are, are, you know, in rural environments like me. 
they're in the ag space, equestrians, you know, um, you know, cattle, things like that. So it's like coming from that space of, of customer that, that is in a country way of living, you know, um, they're that blue collar, you know, ranch hand, hardworking person, um, or, or military veteran. And a lot of them resonate with, you know, country music. So right. it's kind of like a win because it's like, man, I get to go out here, help people work on their, uh, their farms and ranches and their homes to save money and, and, you know, uh, do something good for their family, and at the same time, I get to make good music that tells a story that they can all relate to. So it's kind of like a, in a weird way, kind of like a cross brand, if that makes sense. I don't understand completely. So solar, you got a solar company. Is that like solar panels on the roof? Yeah, solar panels on the roof, battery backup, storage, like, you know, smart home automation. You know, anything to basically give you that flexibility to, to be self-sustained, um, without having to pay an electric bill or reduce it, you know, if that's within the budget, you know what I mean? So, I'm curious about this because I want to know how they work. Solar panels, let's say somebody puts them on the roof, does that mean that they won't have to go from a power line to electricity? Is that how that works? All their electricity comes off those solar panels? Yeah, well, so, like, basically, like, I mean, every state's different, you know, around the country. Right. In Florida, we have what they call, um, everything's got to be smart grid uh, interactive so like all the systems that we install uh, have a two-way bi-directional meter and basically all that means is just like when your solar when your house is making power during the day it's sending power back to the grid and that energy goes to the power company and then they give you a credit on it and then you know you're always hooked up to your power company because to be to be off grid you know you'd have to have a, a battery system which um you know, in Florida, it's against the law to be off-grid without having any utility. So, okay. uh, like I said, every state's a little different. But, uh, yeah, I mean, your, your house is making power while you're working. And then, you know, when you get home, you're pulling from whatever it credits. And then at the end of the month, um, you know, you look at your electric bill and you either have them reduced or what they call a net zero bill. You don't even pay with them. So, it's, uh, it's a cool thing, man. It's a smart investment. It's safe. Um, like I said, a lot of people on the... Uh, whether you're a resident or a homeowner or, you know, a farmer or in the agricultural community, it just, you know, they all believe in solar power because in renewable energy because it's like it makes sense to help reduce their cost to function. So let me ask you this. Um, solar panels, are they kind of like a Tesla, like you charge them? Like, because how are they supposed to work at night or like during like a thunderstorm when the sun's not shining? How, how does that work? Does, does it... Does it like generate power throughout the day? That way, at night, it, it can run safely without. How, how does it work? Yeah, so um, you know, basically, what's you know happening is uh, the the like I said, so like uh, let's say you get up in the morning and uh, you know your solar panels are, are starting to generate power. Mm. So you know, if you use let's just I'll give you a simple simple easy sure. example like if you use. If you use 15 kilowatt hours of energy in your home, and then uh, that's early morning, everybody's taking a shower, get ready for work. Then during the day, everybody's gone from the house. Right. Well, no one's at home. Your AC is probably at 78 or something like that because you know you're not trying to keep it that cold if no one's occupying it. Um, and, but your solar panels are generating all this energy. So uh, let's just say the system on the roof generated uh, 50 kilowatt hours. Right. It would take the uh, the 50 kilowatt hours of production, right? And then um, 
it would reduce out the fatigue that you used in the morning. So now you have 35 kilowatt hours left. Okay. So now, now the day goes on. Now it's, it's you know, it's sun, you know, the sun set. You know, it's just nighttime. There's not a, you know, I believe the sun out in the sky to, to draw off. So now, mm-hmm. you know, you're hooked up to your utility company. Right. Your power company, obviously, is where you're pulling your power from. You're getting charged for that. Okay. You have a bank. You have a bank on your meter of uh, of solar energy. Mm. But you got 35 kilowatt hours left. That you haven't used. So and let's say at that time, you know, you're home, wife's home, kids are home, everybody's running around, this and that, and uh, watching television, you know, cooking, getting ready for bed, all that stuff. Right. And then at that point, that that energy, let's say you use 25 kilowatt hours. Right. Well, you take that 25 kilowatt hours. And your utility company is going to reduce that energy out of that 35 kilowatt hour balance. Okay. So now you have a credit. You have a credit at the end of the day of 10. That's what they call 10. So now it's like at the end of the day, pure solar power that generated 50 offset the 40 that you consumed, you got 10 left. And if it did that every single day for a whole month, for for an example, at the end of the 30, you have 300 kilowatt hours of surplus. And then basically what happens is that energy just stays on your bill every single month, okay. you know, through the summertime. And uh, then in the summertime, when your AC loads get higher because your bills are higher. Right. Now you got a bank. You got a bank power kind of like rollover minutes. Back in the day when singular was out there, you know, you roll your minutes over. You always were like, want to talk to your girlfriend. You're like, oh, you know, man, I got extra minutes. Now I can talk to her like another hour next month because you know I'm trying to get older. You know what I'm saying? Like that was right. kind of like the thing, like. So it's like people can relate to that analogy. They're like, oh, okay, man, I got that extra power. So now if we get a little higher bill, we got something to pull from. Uh, and then, yeah, and then after a year, it kind of balances out, man. Like, you kind of have a net zero bill, and you just right. got to pay the power company, you pay your own pocket, you know what I mean? Got you. So, Hoss Nation. Yeah. What? Explain what that is. Um, Brandon, are you there? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I didn't know what it was going on. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hoss Nation, tell me what that's about. Yeah, so, uh, it's like, it's kind of like this, uh, you know, it's a movement, um, Number one, obviously, like that, I'm trying to put together. I'm trying to build this brand, trying right. to build this movement. Um, right. You know, I'm a big uh, as, a, as a singer and a songwriter, and you know, I'm becoming, you know, country artist. One of the things for me is, uh, you know, I never forget where I come from, and I never forget the, the inspirations of people that have kind of guided me um, on my songwriting and, and singing right. path, as far as style and, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, wordplay and. Uh, like a lot of my a lot of my influences kind of encompass that Hawk Nation brand. Like you know, I uh, some of my 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 classic country artist inspirations was like you know Waylon and, and, and Merle and uh, you know Bo Cephas and Hank Singer and Donnie and, and Patsy Cline, right. uh, Jimmy Lou Harris, like people like that. So it's like having that wheelhouse, like. You know, I used to love that music and like David Allen Coe and, uh, you know, Alabama and, and uh, you know, Charlie Daly Band, like that music just spoke to me 
on so many levels because it was so real. It was like that story, yes. that deep, like that, that traditional uh, country slash, you know, Bayou Swamp deal or, or kind of like that, um, uh, that Southern Rock, you know, kind of influence. And um, sure. I, just, I just feel like, you know, a lot of that is missing um, in country music, you know, today. Uh, I think there's a lot of great artists, there's a lot of great songwriters, male and female, and I respect every single one of them for sure because they're all doing what is their lane. But I wanted to make something different. And uh, this observation thing is like, you know, I got, you know, buddies of mine, like, you know, uh, they be like, you know, call me Hoss and stuff like that. It was kind of like a little tag name or a little nickname. And then I was like, you know what? Like, man, you need to be just big Hoss. And I'm like, you know, let's just make it simple. You know, keep it simple, man. Like, Hoss Nation, like, you know, uh, where I kind of got the idea, and he's a huge influence to me. I mean, if I ever had a chance to uh, to, to open or, or write or do a song with him, it'd be a huge honor. But uh, Cody Johnson, right, is killing it out there. And, um, that Texas style, red dirt kind of influence, and that traditional feel, you know, he's a class act, and uh, he just, you know, writes great music, sings great songs, and uh, he's true to who he is at the core. Yes. And he had a thing, he was, he was independent for the better part of a decade before he got signed, you know, Warner um, over the summer, and it's like, you know, with that whole process, it was like, you know, uh, that motivated me to come up with something that was different. And uh, he had Kojo Nation, which is Cody Johnson Nation, you know what I mean? Yes. And I was like, man, it, it's kind of like a good thing because it's four letters, easy to remember. And I was like, man, what can I do? And I was like, Hoss Nation. And that's kind of where I got that from. And uh, I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it the right way. And being a businessman myself uh, and a creative you know, uh, space as a songwriter, I was like, man, there's a way that I can bring this whole brand, like, circle. So that's what Hoss Nation is. It's for the it's for the tried and true, the true grit. You know, the hardworking guy, the the ranch hand, the you know uh, the, the the rodeo boy. You know, uh, it's just it encompasses that whole ag space, man. And um, and it's kind of weird, and it's uh it's starting to speak to me. I've been so blessed, like over the last several months, with all the stuff that's been happening. Um, and like just in the last week and a half, I just had the opportunity to become a a brand influencer pick up like a first partnership with a uh, rural cloth uh, clothing company which is based out of Utah and they reached out to me you know kind of strictly for that reason they were like you know I love you know I love your your content your sound like your package your style you know just how you carry yourself and it was just like I fit right into that you know into that um that image they're trying to portray and another one of my big influences is uh, part of that brand is East Florida and East right. Florida right here you know good old boy out here in uh, Gilchrist County from a little town called Trenton and uh, it just everything kind of parallels with each other and I think this Hawk Nation thing is, is something that a lot of people are going to catch on to once I get things really established so a few months ago, you got invited by the CMT Awards to attend a bunch of CMT activities. What, um, what, what, how exactly did it happen? Yeah, like, um, well, I got some buddies up there, like I said, that are, um, you know, that are, uh, songwriters and things like that, and, uh, know a lot of people within the industry. And so it's kind of like, you know, I've just been really focused on, really focusing on my craft and my songwriting, and, um, 
have the opportunity to to you know go up you know back and forth do network and you know people have been kind of I guess paying attention like kind of in the in the wing right and uh, it's given me the opportunity to to come up you know a good friend of mine you know Lee Tucker he was uh he's up there and uh, I met him down here uh, a few months back actually when I was at Pawnee River Jam and we just kind of we just kind of hit it off, you know, like we were just like two peas in a pod and been great friends since. And um, he's introduced me to a bunch of other songwriters and it just kind of led into all that stuff. So it's like, you know, I thank him a lot for a lot of these opportunities and also a lot of the other friends that I've had up there within the industry. And, um, you know, uh, they, they've been paying attention to seeing my growth as an artist doing this from the ground up. And um, mm-hmm. then it's just me pretty much when I'm there, every time I go to an event, um, whether it was like CMA Fest or CMC or Crossroads, I'm just trying to mix and mingle with every person around me um, that catches my eye. And, you know, I've built these relationships and got these contacts because I'm out there pounding the pavement. I'm not, it's not a handout. No one's just like giving it to me like, here you go. No one's, you know, throwing money in my pocket or my corner saying, here you go, brother. You know, we're going to give you this and, and have at it. It's like, it's a lot of, it's a lot of hours, it's a lot of talking, it's a lot of um, making sure you're, you're, you're staying true to yourself. And uh, I think, you know, people see that the, the authenticity and honesty, the honesty and transparency is there. And it's uh, helped me a lot. So you mentioned Crossroads. Uh, have, did you attend a Crossroads event? <clears throat> yeah, and it was funny. I was actually, this is two years in a row. <laughs> I was at the Crossroads and... Uh, both years, uh, I, you know, I was in the audience and, and I was watching the, the show last year. I was there and it was uh, Luke Combs when he's, you know, really making his big come up, you know, in the last 12, 18 months. Mm-hmm. And um, I was there watching him perform with uh, Leon Bridges. And then this past year was like iconic because it was Brooks Dunn, it was, you know, Midland, it was uh, John Marty, yes. it was Combs. From their um, you know, from, just, from their reunion album where all the people came and collabed. Yeah, the uh, the Brooks, yeah, the reboot album. Right. Yep, that's it. So it was just so cool to be around them, um, you know, and, and watch them like perform on that level in front of all those people. The energy was great. Um, and uh, most times when they when they uh, debuted the uh, the uh, release of the Crossroads uh, on on TMP. Uh, I was watching it on, on television program, and uh, I made it on, on the screen twice, and it's just crazy. I was like, man, right. like, two years in a row, I get to see myself in the audience, and I'm like, man, how how, how cool is it going to be to, to, you know, to gain that opportunity to, to be able to perform in that one day? And that's like, kind of like a big, um, one of, definitely one of the things on the bucket list, um, outside of the, the opera and the rhyme, for sure, you know what I mean? So, what... <clears throat> What's it like? Let's 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 take the Crossroads event for an example. You're sure. you're watching it like a regular concert. So is the day like a regular concert, or are they like, okay, you have to be here at this time because we start filming at this time, and you have to leave at this time because we do this at this time? Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, like, there's time constraints because you're in downtown Nashville. Right. Uh, Broadway is a very big kind of like tourist strip of like rooftop bars for a bunch of different artists. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, there's limitations because the ordinances and, and um, 
at the same time, you know, uh, whatever the city puts into place as far as keeping the roads blocked. So the people come in, they phone in, they got us all set up, and you got people, you know, sitting at the rooftop bar, sitting on the street, and then they go through the performance, and then as they're filming, you know, if there was a mess up, and they got to re- redo that song, you know, redo that take. Um, and then they, uh, yeah, I mean, they just kind of roll song to song. Um, and then after the crossroads building is complete, then it goes back to the CMT building and the, the editing staff in there, um, which uh, I've had a chance to meet them a couple times as well. They do a great job. They, they spend countless hours like, just make sure everything kind of television ready, get, you know, get to be real, get the, the main stuff and, and making sure everything's kind of tight. But there's only so many uh, minutes, so they got to, it's crazy how they do it. I, I, I'm, I applaud them for what they do because I couldn't have the patience for it. They got to yeah. get it all to a point where it hits all the, the time measurements on the television broadcast because they only get so many minutes, you know what I'm saying? Right. And and then, of course, you got to add the commercials in between that, so... Um, yeah, that's kind of how it goes, and then after it's done, everybody just kind of, you know, exits out of the, the space in front of the stage, they close that up before the next event starts kicking off for CMA Fest, um, and then they have the, the day after the conference is the CMT Awards, and they have the, I was at the sound check with, uh, Kane Brown and, and, um, uh, Dan and Shay had a chance to watch them you know, do their sound checks on that uh, for the CFT Award uh, performance that they were going to be putting on. And uh, that was cool. Um, and uh, just gave me a better feel because there's a lot more that goes on to meet the guy. Everybody just sees what they see on television. They don't realize how many people are busting their butt out there to make all this come together for for us all um, as viewers to, to enjoy. Right. And so... You have an upcoming EP, which my friend Kenny Royster, which is, was previously on, uh, he's recording the um, he's he's recording the the EP. Yeah. So yeah, uh, how did that was, come, how did that come about yeah. to get Kenny to do it? Yeah. So uh, yeah, basically, um, I didn't. You know, the last I closed I closed on that house up there in Nashville uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and then like. It was so weird, like, I feel like when I, I've, I've met so many people up there, um, but it was like, I think a lot of people that were kind of sitting in the wing were kind of like, okay, Brandon comes up here, Brandon does this, like, but then he's gone, you know what I mean? And then it's like, all of a sudden, I close on a property, and then they know that, okay, like, he's serious, like, He's not just doing this, like, just because he's just doing this for fun. Like, he really wants this, you know? And I've been getting a lot of great support. A lot of people reached out. And then I had a handful of uh, producers and engineers, you know, reach out to me over the last couple of weeks um, about recording with them um, at different studios up there in Nashville uh, because I've been putting some content up about, you know, this, this project. And uh, he had reached out to me a message. And, um... We set up a phone call, and uh, the thing I really respected about Kenny, you know, at the beginning was he didn't try to fast talk me. Uh, he didn't try to embellish anything. You know, obviously he's going to sit there and, and be proud of his accomplishments. Because I mean, he should be. I mean, they're they're amazing accomplishments right. as a producer and an engineer. But uh, he was just like, you know, 
I like I like what I saw. I like I like your sound. I like your package. I like your you know uh, I like your content. He's like I think there's something here. And I was like I thought. And I yeah. was like he's like question is man he's like do you how bad do you want this? And that was a weird question to get because I'm like how bad do I want it? You know like I want it. Like, right. but that's not a good enough answer. Because it's like, he can work with anybody. And he's like, I get people all the time that tell me they want to be a country star or this and that. It's like, you know, why do you want it? And I'm like, I want this because I got experiences in songs um, that late people at the masses. And I think Dylan, like, really for me, it's like having something that is going to be legendary that is a that can be timeless mm. and when he saw that ambition and that intent then he he took it a step further to like really want to mold this process and we came up with a plan for the next 16 17 weeks i was i was looking to really cut something in in august this month coming up and have something out by september but he uh he took a different stance and uh you know went above and beyond in my opinion because he's uh even communicating with my vocal coach and going over some stuff that he wants, nuances, things he wants me to focus and work on that he wants me to have, you know, for this project. And um, and we're gonna we're gonna make some magic for sure because I got a lot of uh, great ideas of these songs are really gonna be able to you know cut through the heart where people can can relate to them. And I'm just super excited to work with him, someone of his caliber, especially on my first project. Right. So. Just a few more questions here as we're rolling on about 30 minutes. Um, you have your own brand coming out, dude. You got like alcohol and shirts and hats and etc. What was the force behind getting your own brand out? Instead of just a regular t-shirt that said Brandon Bing, why are you trying to uh, build your brand? I mean, I know why, but yeah. I'm going to act like I don't know why because you told me. <laughs> <But> <laughs> so go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I've done a lot of research, um, I've done a lot of research on, on, you know, who, who's in the, who's, who's in the top in, in country music, you know, why are they at the top, like, why does everybody want to, uh, you know, attend their shows, why do they want to support them, why do they want to follow them on social media, like, and I just realized that, like I said, you know, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it the right way. Right. And I don't want to be doing one foot in, one foot out. I want to go all in and give it give it my best shot. And it's like, you know, uh, I want something that is going to create a branding insignia inside people. Like I said, I'm trying to build a movement. So you got Hoss Nation, which is the umbrella. Um, right. You got, you, you got um, my, my liquor, which is coming out, which uh, that whiskey is going to be culminating the, the roots of, of Hoss Nation and what that stands for. And the cross tie, which is really crazy, how the, the whiskey, the Hoss Nation, and the music, you know, I do traditional slash outlaw country music. So right. it's like, it fits in that perfect triangle, like a tripod. And it's like, um, I think that, you know, this is the groundwork that's necessary. And I'm going to make, like, the shirts and the merch. I'm not just making shirts, like you said, with my name on it not with, you know, my face on it. You know, not saying that I can't. It's that I want something that people can relate to. I want my shirts to encompass the songs and, and the branding mechanisms that I put in place so that 
people can feel a part of that. You know what I mean? Yes. And they feel like they're, it's not like they're just supporting Brandon Bing, that they're supporting Hawks Nation. They, they are a member of the Hawks Nation. And, right. You know, and that means that they have the experience with the music, they have the experience with the merch, they have the experience with the venues and the and the giveaways, and they the, the experience with the whiskey. I want them to feel like it's a part of their, their household, you know? And uh, I think that's really going to help me take this thing to another level that, that, that uh, I'm really excited to be a part of. So I started this new segment thing uh, last episode, which was a few days ago. Um, what's your ghost story? Do you have anything paranormal or just something that just happened out of the blue? You don't know how it happened. You don't have any explanation. Do you have a ghost story of any sort? That's why I'm sorry. Say that again. Um, <clears throat> you have a ghost story. Do you have anything weird that paranormalish or something maybe that happened that was very weird to you? You don't know how it happened. Do you have a ghost story? Okay, like a ghost story. Yeah. Um, like, like, do you have anything that happened to you personally, and 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 you don't really have an explanation? If I not, mean, yeah, it's I cool. We all have... just, if not, it's cool. I yeah, I mean, I've yeah, I mean, I haven't had any, like, really, <laughs> I haven't had any, uh, like, real, like, paranormal, you know, stuff like, you know, with, like, ghosts or, or you know, alien encounters or anything like that, <laughs> but, you know, but I, I have had, like, um, it's weird, man, like, I have had, and this is, and I don't know if this is just, you know, in the last, just because of everything that's going on and my brain's, like, moving a thousand miles a minute, but it's, like, I've had recently, you know how you have, like, dreams? Yeah. Well, I've had, like, out-of-body experiences. Okay. And and it's kind of awkward because, like, I'm somewhere, but I'm not really there. And it's like, and it's like almost like a deja vu. Uh, but, but it's like, it was like, okay, I'll give you an example. Um, I was on a plane coming back, um... Uh, and we were coming back from Colorado. I took my mom on Mother's Day, flew her out there for Mother's Day, and we and I took her to Luke Combs, uh, the last last show on his first tour leg on the Beer Never Broke My Heart tour for at the Red Rocks. And we went through that, had a great weekend, we're coming back. And I flew home and we're coming back to Florida and my mom meets this guy who's a pilot. Right. And he's sitting on the plane in the back of the pilot, this guy named Sean. And he was a he's a private pilot, but he he works for like one of those like flight brokers, you know, where you can like book, you know, flight time. And that way he does a lot of stuff for entertainers and things like that. And so I'm going through the whole the whole situation, whatever. He, he gives me a card, I meet him, he's like, Man, it's so great meeting you He's like, you know, I really hope you go far He's like, You really got you know, I heard your song, I like this, you know, you, you got something special here and I was like, Man, that's cool And um mm-hmm. I was it was like I don't know a week, a week later, two, a few weeks later, something like that, and I would sit there, sleep in bed, and it was like, I don't know, three, four in the morning, and you know how, like, sometimes you wake up, you're hyperventilating? Yes. And I was just, then I was like, I couldn't catch my breath, but I was like, I, I it was weird, I, I couldn't catch my breath, but I felt like I was just, like, at peace, and I was like, and I was, and I was looking at myself, but then where I was at, I was in this, I was in this plane, and I was like, you know, what the heck's going on here, man? Like, you know, and then I realized that, that, you know, I'm in this plane and I'm, and I'm doing these and I'm, and I'm flying to some other, some other town, city, wherever it is, you know, and all of a sudden, like, I get this, uh, 
just saying, hey, Brandon, uh, 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 you know, time to get off, blah, 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 we're going here, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like, hey, got to be a show, starts at, starts at an hour, boom. And I was like, okay, cool. Getting off playing, doing this whole process. And then it was so weird because I met this guy, it was the same guy flying me. And it was just like, man, it was just like, okay. He gave me that motivation and that reiteration, like, man, it's got to be, it's like every time I go up to Nashville, Dylan, like, I, I swear to you, like, something always happens positive. And I'm not saying that there can't be negative, but it's just like another door, another opportunity open. And I like woke up out of this dream and I couldn't breathe. And I was like, feeling, like touching myself. I'm like, I'm like, grab my chest. I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, wait, I'm not on the plane. I'm like, in my own bed. And then I was like, I called my mom up that morning. I'm like, yo, yeah, I was like, I'm sitting here and this happened. And she's like, hey, she's like, just keep focused. Like you always say, tunnel vision, brother. And I was like, that's it. And I, and I went through it. And then it was like, you know, it makes me feel like, you know, like I have a reason for doing this and there's yeah. a purpose. And I'm gonna do everything I can to make this happen. So, in other words, you were having deja vu. Maybe, maybe, maybe you were dreaming on the plane, and you seen this guy, or you seen this place you were at, and then the next day you wake up and you're like, "I've seen this before. I've seen this guy before. Where have I seen it at?" And you've actually dreamed it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's happened to me tons of times, dude. And it's and it's weird though. It's weird though because I'm telling you what, man. Like it's it's not it's it's so like the last four to six months. Right. It's happened so freak. It's happened so frequently. And then all of a sudden, what's even really really crazy, which really catches me, like it really freaks me out, is I'll be sitting somewhere, and then the next thing you know, I'll get a call or a text message, and it, or, or a message on social media, and it's like I'm like, how did this just happen? Like. Right. Where does that come from? And it's and it's something another step forward. It's like okay, check that box off, keep going. And I think if it keeps going the way it is, and I stay humble and just stay focused, and I I just really take in everybody around me and vet it out to know the right people and the wrong people to make keeping your circle and work with. Dude, I think honestly, man, the sky's the limit. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, I agree, hundred percent. And I understand where you're coming from. Um, do you think that has a meaning behind it? Like, do you think maybe, like, there's something you're dealing with and it's trying to show you? Maybe like a reminiscence or something? Like, do you think that? Or do you just think it's just a big coincidence? I think that, I think that I've wanted this for so long. Right, right. And I, and I think that because I've wanted it for so long, but the fact that it's not just wanting it. Like, anybody can wake up and say, man, I want to be a, a pro football player. Yeah. Or I want to be a model or whatever. It's like, but I don't feel that. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not, this is, this is not, it's not, it doesn't give me that feeling. Like, this feeling is it's something I've never experienced before. It's like, people are like, man, he's like, how do you, go, you, you make me tired. You make me tired just, with all the stuff you're doing and I'm like I just I love what I'm doing and I don't feel tired because it doesn't feel like work to me it just feels like I'm doing what I'm supposed to like God has a purpose and I feel like God's purpose is like now after me getting my solar business together getting these things together it's like hey you got this stable so now you can focus on something that you're truly passionate about and still balance it 
you can still balance everything and, and impact people's lives. And uh, yeah, man, I think it's um, it's it, it's a crazy feeling because I really haven't felt that way before. But I'm blessed about it. I'm thankful every day for it. And honestly, it just makes me want to come up with more creative things. And I want to know more, like, how can I engage with more people? What do I need to do that's going to set myself and raise the bar against the competition that's out there? How can I, like, make this this movement, this Hoss Nation movement, how can I make this a reality so that it's, like, it's one of the biggest things. Like, I'm trying to build an empire. Right. Last few questions here, man. What is one of your favorite, like, or... Not one of them, but what what are some of your favorite albums of all time? Any genre, just something you're like, I'm going to listen to an album today, and I'm going to listen to this one, because this is the one that is just the one that speaks to me the most. Yeah, so, I mean, I have a lot of different, um, you know, I have a lot of different uh, influences um, from, like, traditional country music, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I guess like one of the things that uh, that I really respected was there was uh, back in 1980, um, you know, Hank Williams Jr. had the Habits Old and New original classic hit Volume Five. Right. And and that that album was such a great album, uh, and it had so many different like iconic hits that he. He came up with and they just all kind of resonated you know with me back then um and you know i really like this is different because he was you know he is an artist he was like really an outlaw um but what i liked a lot about his style was that it was kind of like uh like a storyline like he was talking through his life experience sure if that makes sense yeah yeah 100%. and um yeah, so um, he had the David Allen Coe, you know, had that that uh, '85 album, that greatest hits album, mm-hmm. which had a bunch of of his, his iconic hits. Which I love that one because you know it had everything in there from you know uh, you know Tennessee whiskey to if that ain't country and uh, you you never even called me by name and, and things like that and Jack Daniels and please like there was just so many good cuts on that record. And it, it was a driving force. And then, like, you know, one guy that I met at the CMA Fest that, you know, uh, you know, God, you know, uh, bless him every day. But Randy Travis, like, what I like about Randy Travis is he's got this sound, you know, that other people don't have. It's such a distinct, you know, right. And I think when he's, gone, when he's gone at some point, you know, you're never going to see that again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just think that he... He really created uh, a lane for himself that it doesn't matter if it's new or old, like, everybody respects that. Right. You know? And it's like, he did the, um, and, you know, now he's, he's had those, those strokes and everything, but all of his albums, like, I, you know, all the way back from, you know, uh, Full Circle, This Is Me, like, Rise and Shine, like, all those albums that he did, like, I, I listened to him front to back. And it, it draws a lot of inspiration, you know. And then I would have to say one of my one of my more like '90s kind of '80s '90s um, inspirations, which um, gave me a, a different idea of where I was trying to go as a, as an artist too, was Travis Tritt. Right. You know, like he he uh, he did so much 
in music. Um, and, you know, down the road I go with such a great record. And uh, it just gave me that, that, that ballad, that ballad feel that was back in 2000, you know, when he had done that. And then, of course, you know, back in 91 when he's like, you know, it's all about to change. He did that and he had Travis Tritt. You know, um, Travis Shirt was doing those those uh, uh, records. You know that that just spoke like, and it was right in that that cusp where eighties, nineties was starting to change a little bit, and he just kept that traditional element. And those are like some of the people albums wise that I like really listened to from right. back then that kind of shaped my perspective, mm-hmm. and I can associate my lifestyle and my experiences too. Cool, man. So you can go follow Brandon Bing. Uh, Instagram is Brandon Bing Music. Um, I do appreciate you doing this, man. Um, I know we, 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 we had to cancel a couple times, but we finally got it in, and I appreciate you doing it for me, dude. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate your time, and, you know, it's always a pleasure. So, I mean, you know, I thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to be a part of this, you know, process with you. And uh, we got a lot of good music coming soon, and, um, yep. I just want everybody to stay tuned. I can't wait for November to come around and uh, can't wait for 2020.